I walk the streets with my swagger on supernatural Facing a million opponents and my role is to act alone Lights, camera, when the action's on Where I'm home is a battle zone A vigilante in the catacombs But I rock with a hot shot like a clock When it's cop and pop and let's phone People say that my hand is gone But it's them same people with need of my help When I'm heading home in life They say that everybody got a purpose So I roam the city streets like faulty singular surface The hot shot sharpshooter superhero Destined to shine like light through the dark What's up? It is Mike Watson, aka Most Epic, and we are active and in the building for a special episode of Chat and Draw to get into a deep dive on what this hospice universe is all about. Uh, quick updates we just came back from Small Press Expo, and our TikTok shop is fully functioning and ready to go. Um, we are finishing up the backer kits for Epic 21. And also for the Art of Ryan Robinson Kickstarters, which were just funded in the last couple of weeks. So we are working on those uh, backer kits so we can get those surveys out to you. And um, I think that's all, that's all I got for right now. We're going to jump into this one because um, we got two awesome guests popping on here. And we're going to bring them out in traditional chat and draw fashion. <laughs> Wait a second, a new opponent has interrupted the tournament. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Yo, that is easily the most graphic things that I've ever seen at the start of a show. I feel like you added two since last time, and I was just on Travis's thing, and there were like 15 in that one. So, like, have more than Travis is a lot. That's true. That's true. I tried to go for a big presentation on the show. I liked I liked the spinning agents of geekdom one that spun all the times. That was that was that was nice. <laughs> thank thank you. Yeah, fun with that one. I'd like to welcome Russell and Travis to the show, uh, two members of the uh, Horror Shared Universe Hospice. I'll let them introduce themselves, and uh, then we're going to jump into some juicy topics. Travis, you're first. Uh, yeah, so I'm Travis Gibb. I am uh, the creator of uh, one of the hospice books. It's called Hospice, uh, No Freedom in Texas. 
um, which is a very cool one-shot book in a shared universe that we're going to talk more about tonight. Uh, I am also the part owner of Orange Cone Productions with me and my wife. We do a whole bunch of books like Great Estate Punk, Cthulhu Invades, whatever, whatever we're invading that week. Um, we've got, uh, what else have we got? We've got Coins of Judas, Voodoo Nations, Expired, all sorts of really cool stuff. And that is what I am. Uh, hi, I'm Russ Nolte. I'm your City Today bestselling author. I make all of these things. I uh, am very upset at Travis's Ringo loss, but mostly I'm upset that they couldn't even spell your name right on the Ringo site. Like they can't even spell Cthulhu's name. Like they had, like I got when the like the ballots went out and it was wrong, but like they didn't even go on the on the site and fix it at all from the time that the ballots right. went out to yesterday. And to the when you have the image next to what you spelled, uh, <laughs> you have yeah. the book next to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so at, well. The name of my book is Cthulhu is hard to spell, so I guess it like literally proves my point. <laughs> but like, it's so frustrating. It's I, I I went I was like oh, I should probably find out if Travis won or lost to Ringo while you were like, and I was like they still haven't fixed it. I'm so angry. I I let them know. I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> yes, because I remember you telling me that it was like six like I don't know. Uh, seven years ago, 150 eons ago, right. whatever time is now. Yeah. Like whenever they came out, you messaged me and were like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> and so I know it's been since at least that day they had to fix it. Mm. That is anyway, I'm angry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm angry and livid about it. But, I, and I'm all, and, but I'm very excited that Cthulhu was nominated. And I am not surprised at what won at all. Based on the track record, I understand. But uh, it was happy to be nominated. It was such a cool event. Uh, really cool thing to be there. And for, you know, you, Ben, and all of them to, to get that. To, to We almost made it. You know, we got there. We just didn't didn't quite uh, cross the finish line. Um, but I'm going to try again. And we'll see if we can do it again. And uh, if we can do it once, we can do it again. Because I think the sure. next one's just as good. And we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep going until they give it to us. Uh, that's the plan. Absolutely. Well, and also silver coin loss, which is kind of what you based the, the hospice, hospice on, right? Right. So, not that I'm the not that I'm the host, but like I, I'm gonna just. I, that was such a nice segue that I had. To oh no, it. take it, take it, take it. Oh my, Russell, you you you've never have you been on Michael's show before? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't host. He's drawing. Like he doesn't care what we're talking about. Um, he may not even be involved today. He just sits there, and you're supposed to talk and do all the work. It's it's a good system for, for Mike. It's a good system for me. Like, just, like, show up and talk for, like, an hour straight. I can do that. But I super uh, think this concept's really cool. So I want you to talk about it since you came to me with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have Hospice. Hospice is a shared universe. Uh, like Russell just said, uh, the original inspiration was from Silver Coin. Silver Coin is a great book. comes out from Image Comics. Um, and basically the concept of that is there's a silver coin. When someone gets a silver coin, evilness happens. So, um, you know, uh, we have a very similar concept. I pitch it to sex kick. Uh-oh. You pitch it to six Kickstarter hey, people. I've got an idea about hospice. Oh, you, you cut out after you said you pitched 
Kickstarter. Program. Oh, okay. I, I pitched it to six people and said, hey, I've got this idea. What if around the world there's a bunch of these things called, there's this bunch of place called Rising Sun Hospice. In that Rising Sun Hospice, it's an incubator for people who have done evil in their life who are incubating a demon. And when they die, uh, a demon comes out of them and a demon is spawned based off of their sins or whatever they did. Um, I pitched it, wrote a nice little package for everybody, said, hey, who's in? These three guys are three of the guys who are like, Damn right, I'm in. Uh, and we've been working on this this book for over a year. So it's wild. It's finally here. Russell's and I book are out right now. Um, and then uh, starting tomorrow, we have two more added to the mix. And I just added, uh, just uploaded all the links to every one of them to the chat. So please go over there and pledge to them, support them, and hit the follow me button on the other. And, and I need your help. I'm 300 away from funding, which um, normally would have already happened, but I uh, I was busy with the Ringos. So I, I need it your was. help to, 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 to get this going because it's embarrassing, all these new people coming up looking for money. Like, we need to get mine across the door. So. <laughs> yeah, let's. that'd be great if we can get Travis funded tonight. Uh, within this that hour. would be great. So if you that have awesome. backed, if you've backed the campaign already, that's great. Uh, if you could help us out a little bit more by getting some shares happening on this stream right now so we can get some more people to back the campaign. And more money on Russell's doesn't hurt. Uh, the more money that we get, the more things. No, making comics is expensive. Rate. That's just like the first step. First step is funding. Like the real step is like way more than funding to actually <laughs> break even. Well, and, and more importantly, this is a shared universe. So you need all the books. You need them all to to see the shared universe, see how they all connect. Uh, see see what it's all about and um, get that cool connecting cover. We have a connecting cover that goes through all of them. So, yes, yeah, we do. Absolutely, yeah, very nice. And there's an epic twenty one uh, uh, add on set also that you can get from any of the campaigns, which is really cool. Mike, you want to talk about that since you made it? Yes. So uh, everyone uh, being so awesome and being team players, I uh, thought we're cool with adding epic 21 a special set of 12 cards uh for epic 21 featuring each one of the main characters or main demons uh from each one of the books that you get to put into any epic 21 set um we've done the epic 21 kickstarter promoted a lot here on our chat and draw show so uh just a refresher it is a battle card game um, inspired by blackjack uh the point is to get to closest to 21 as possible without going over any feature indie comic book characters such as freestyle comics uh we also have some we're doing for orange and we're working on the set for russell uh so all these cars we're able to mix and mingle and because they're each from different production studios they'll each have their own little rule that you'll be able to add on and bring to the game um we actually just ordered all the epic 21 cards uh last week uh so we should be getting those here in about another week and be able to start delivering those kickstarters with the exception of the creator cards that we are still working on because we have like 10 people who have creator decks that we're making. Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. I mean, I heard him talk about it uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I want a deck. He's like, do you have <laughs> enough books? And I was like, Please. Man, please. Like, <laughs> and so I'm like, let me show you all of the things. And he's like, you have enough for three decks. I was like, I know. Like, you can pick whatever you want from here. And 
So I'm super excited to uh, to do one. I don't know if you know, we did a card game for Ichabod earlier uh, this year, which was really cool. So to have another one is real nice and uh, not for Ichabod. This one's not going to be for Ichabod. It's going to be for the Godsverse, I think. But uh, this the, what is cool about this universe is that everyone kind of by you can read any of them alone but reading uh-huh. them together gives you a lot more scope like i think that mine except for maybe frank's does like the most like building of the actual hospice itself like because mine take mine is about a terminally ill patient who gets released from um uh, maximum security prison and then lives out his final days in this hospice and then discovers it's very pulpy i wanted to make like the pulpiest book that i possibly th- that i possibly could but like modernize it in fact um uh yeah i was i forgot to add the voiceover the caption boxes to the thing when i did the lettering and i realized it late and i was like but I like it without the caption boxes. It was supposed to be even more pulpy than it ended up being. But I think mine and Frank's, which comes out tomorrow, are very, they're very like in what the hospice is. And then I know like David's and uh, and Mike's are like just about hospices as they, uh, hospice workers really, as they go out to like collect these demon souls. And then, uh, Jamie and Travis's are somewhere in the middle. So like, if you want to understand the mythology of the whole thing, really, it's kind of having each of us do our own story and allowing us to like follow our interests kind of gave, I think, a pretty good, gave a pretty good um, like overview of the kinds of things that, that these hospices do. Would you say that's accurate, Travis? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think that's an accurate statement, you know, uh, and I, I think it shows, though they're all horror-based, there's a lot of ways to tell a horror tale, um, and I think that that's one of the things we show. You know, mine is more the purge, like kind of survival horror, you know. Jamie's is kind of like investigating, like, belly of the beast. Yours is kind of, you know, mental, you know, trying to, try to figure it out. Very Lovecraftian, I, I want yeah. it to be. Yeah, um, David's is is very. Uh, it's it's actually kind of closer to Jamie's, where it's a, it's a little bit sexy, but trying to deal with the uh, uh, someone who was uh, in these situations, but not not quite wanting to be in these situations. Uh, and then Frank's is just messed up. Like messed up. <laughs> Frank's is every time I read one of Frank's books, the first thing I think is, "Who hurt you?" Right, like because they're so messed up, like. It's like him, John Lees, and Brian Hawkins. Never read one of any of their books. I'm like, dude, this is so fucked up. Like in a good, like in a good way. But like, they're the only three comic authors I think who've ever legitimately scared me. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Um, that this this whole series has been uh, very interesting, and in, in creating it and building, you know, this universe together. Um, which is really really fun, and what one of the cool things too about it is we all we all own it. We fact, uh, Frank just sent his inside cover to show like all of our names on all the books. So it's not just in in practice; like it's in it's in. What am I trying to say here? 
it's in the book. Like it's labeled that we all own it. We all vest in it. We all won't put our names on other people's books, which is not something we just do haphazardly. You know, it's mm-hmm. because we believe in the creators who are doing this and that, and the end result that we're going to get in, which is really, really cool. Uh, but, you know, t- tell us a little bit about yours, uh, Michael, your your team, because you, you put a whole new team together that's never made a comic. Um, yes. Um, but I, I have a question before I do that. Um, I don't think you, I think you touched on it, but you didn't really go into it. What's up, B? And uh, Facebook user, uh, could you sign your name after your comment? Um, I know you're somebody that watches regular. I just don't know which one of you you are. Um, what made you decide to approach the people that you approached for this project? Hmm, that's great. Well, it's so it, to be honest, it's people who I love to work with. So I start with people who I love to work with. So I'll start mm-hmm. with that. Uh, and that is uh, you, Russell, and David. So you were the first three that I that I thought of. Um, Russell and I work really well together. Um, we should really do a book together at some point because we, we vibe, we, we write very differently, we create very differently, but we both have unique skill sets of how we get backers and, and create things, which I think is really cool. Um, I haven't been able to really showcase that lately, but we both have different styles. And we both... Uh, absolutely care about the medium to a, to a extreme extent. Um, and like our fears are the same of what's going wrong in the medium and our, our hopes are the same of what, what, what it could be. So Russell is always my first ask whenever I do something, uh, cause he's, he's on the thing. David, same thing. David's a, a friend of mine. I loved it when he was publisher scout. I want him to do more books cause I think he's super creative. Uh, so, so he was second person I asked. You and I have worked together, Mike, to, for a long time on things. I know you have a whole studio, and I know that um, one, of, one of the reasons why I asked you specifically, and, and this this may sound, um, I'm going to say this. In the black superhero community, there is crossovers on the regular, right? Mm-hmm. The negative, from my point of view, from the outside, it tends to be before they even have a finished miniseries, like... We have a one shot. We're going to work on issue two. But before that, we have 17 different uh, different crossovers and like epic wars and all these things before we even know the characters. Um, and what I love about FSK is you guys have never really bought into that. You'll let people do prints. You'll bet stuff. You're like, we're trying to care, create our story and our universe. Your big zero hour event hasn't even like, you're like two years out. And, Right, like you, yeah. you've, you've always been the long burn. So when I thought about doing, uh, you know, trying to s- change the status quo, because when I look at Kickstarter, I really think that if it's viewed as a publisher, let's do what publishers do, and that's crossovers and that's creating things together. So you were one of the first persons I asked because I, I was like, I think that Mike and I are on the same wavelength on how these things should be done. Why don't we do this this thing and see if it works? And you agreed. You know everything I I just said. You and I had this talk conversation privately, and I, I know you agree on at least some level that uh-huh. uh, if we're going to create these things, let's create them from scratch and let's make make something cool and share audiences and bring new audiences to the fields, right? Yeah. Um, then when I asked Jamie, Jamie, uh, Jamie is uh, Russell and I's secret. I found him. I found her first. <laughs> But Russell has claimed her as often as he can. <laughs> um, Jamie is immensely talented. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
immensely talented, and she is no one knows who she is. Um, which is the way Russell and I have wanted to keep her for a long time, but we whoa, really- whoa, don't add me to this. Like, I want her to be as successful as possible. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not trying to keep her. I don't. I don't. I just. Like, I want everyone to read Binary Star. Like, it's great. Especially, it is great. It's, it's gotten better as the lettering has has, has gotten better. Well, and I I even think her art. I mean, you can one of the things you can see is the the progression of her art. Her art was already good, but. Um, the, the details of backgrounds from, you know, volume one to volume four, the the uh, positioning of the characters in these unique a- angles that she's willing to try are amazing. Yeah, I think the story was really good and the art was good, but like she definitely gotten better at doing the things that are unique to comics, like dynamic posing and, and angles and all of the things that just make panels more interesting. Right. I know even from... Um, uh, even in the story, like it was like night and day from like the book that I had read to like the story she did for Cthulhu. So, yeah. And then Frank Martin, um, he's just, he's a a staple in the community. He's always doing books constantly. Um, and I wanted someone when I, when we started putting this book, what's her book called again? It's called Binary Star. Uh, definitely pick it up. But I would wait. If you haven't bought it, it's probably going to be an add-on in her, her campaign that launches tomorrow. You know, buy yeah. it as an add-on. You know, um, she she's hard work. But I think it's even Webtoons. I think some of it's available yeah. free online if you want to come ch- check it out. Um, it is. It's definitely a Webtoon first. And then uh, she, she puts it all out. Um, I think she has a website. I don't know if it's on Webtoon, but it's it's definitely on her site. Um and then uh, Frank Martin, like I said, he's such a staple, especially such a staple in the horror. When I decided this is going to be one shots, Frank Martin is the king of one shots. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us make series. Frank Martin is one shot after one shot after one shot. Um, so we needed to bring him on, and uh, that that rounded up the team. And then for me, um, David Swartz has been working with um, Caleb. Um, I can never say Caleb's last name. I don't know which Caleb. It's a uh, Quest or Thucyd. Yes, yes, or he does uh, modern mythologies and uh, Unicorn Vampire Hunter. You know all that. David Schwartz does a Vampire Detective over there. I loved, I love that guy's art, and I was like, I need to get this guy on a book as quickly as possible. Um, my slate is pretty full on series, but uh, getting him on Hospice was very important to me, and uh, I did uh, pay top tier for the art because I really feel that. Uh, David is a, a special art, uh, special when it comes to art. It looks great. I mean, if you go to my campaign, I, there's a link to uh, download a sample of all four books. So, like, if you want, I think actually the four pages that are in the sample are on your page as well. I know the three, the three from mine are on, um, are on, uh, are on um, my page as well. But it's, it's bonkers art. Like that art is bonkers, man. Yeah, I love when people do the two page spread and they have the character like do have be in multiple positions. I'm sure that's like a specifically talks like that's a technique that I, I don't know what the technique is called. Whenever I'm like, Oh, it's the, the two page spread where the guy's the, doing the walkie thing and he's in multiple places. And when I saw that page, I was like, you did the, the walkie thing. I like that thing. Yeah. I, uh, so that particular two page spread I wrote, um, what I really wanted to do to show that they're kind of descending into darkness, I really wanted you to grab the book and like bring it upright and like watch it from that angle. 
Um, and this is, again, working with a pro. That's what I wrote. And that's what I wrote. But one of the things that he pointed out, which I think was such a great thing when he did it, he did it in the angle that you see in my preview. And one of the things he pointed out, he's like, if you're doing a long hallway, descending into hell doesn't really work because it could be seen from any angle. Like if you go upside down or sideways, he's like, it's never going to get the impression that you want. It's just going to annoy the people that they can't read the word bubbles. So instead let's do this really cool sideways angle that, that fits the same idea, which I think is uh, he knocked out of the park. And that's what I love about artists and writers who, who really care about the craft and know their craft. I wrote it a certain way and he was even willing to do it my certain way. But, uh, once, once he, uh, once he showed me what his idea was, it's, it, it was better. And we, we went with that. So. Well, uh, I love hearing that. And, um, I think that's great to hear that type of stuff and behind the scenes things It just, um, I think it is a cue of how much work you do with a bunch of people a lot of work with large groups of independence and Russell I know he has worked with a lot of creatives um, from different aspects of of you know not the typical style of comic book so I can tell you from from um, just your two names alone was worth the reason of me wanting to do this project uh, number one you guys are extremely successful on Kickstarter I'm, I'm over here taking notes and I'm reading. Um, you also are very creative in the projects you pick, in the artists that you pick, and you look at comic books. Well, I think we all look at comic books from a different perspective, but I wanted to see what your perspective was and how you guys look at comics and put them together. Um, I feel like this is always a learning thing. Can you um, could you tell me one thing that you guys have learned that may be new or different from this experience of this collaboration of six different books? uh so mine is so i do a lot of work with authors through uh my company writer mba and we just released a uh a archetyping system and what's been really interesting is watching the this universe from the perspective of everyone's ecosystem and like how everyone is launching differently like because you kind of just kind of have to watch how everyone's launching like you it's a facebook group like i mean it's only the two of us now but like why i i have access to like all six of the dashboards of like where everyone is in not dashboards i have six of the like the follow pages that i look at and i'm like tracking how each is doing after i do a promotion and like it's pretty wild how close three of the four people have within one follower of each other. Right. Uh, and then when we launched, I've been doing a lot of extra promotion while, um, while um, Travis was at, uh, at in Baltimore, but I'm going to Nink next week and I will probably, he'll probably catch up. Like we were basically for the first, until he went to Baltimore, like, at one point we were like literally $10 apart and had the same number of backers. <laughs> um, and it's just wild to watch across all of these things, like how 
how uniform it's been. Honestly, like I'm shocked at how uniform it's been. What about you, Travis? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> I learned nothing. Uh, no. Um, it's interesting. Um, what what I really learned and loved um, is that there is. I could have chose. Uh, when I had this idea, I could have chose any six people, right? I could have chose any six creators and done anything I wanted, but I chose six people who all have opinions in ways that they do things. Like it was our, our hour long conversation where there was no submission. It was like, Hey, I want to do this. I think we should do this. And many a times, you know, I, I was treated and respected and go, Hey, I don't think that idea is great. Let's do this one. And we voted on it and did stuff. I think that was really great because uh, it shows that people actually gave a shit, right? Because mm-hmm. if they didn't give a shit, they would have just said, cool, I'll make the book and I'll be part of this thing. But uh, everyone found different ways of being successful and how we could do it. Like my original pitch was we do this over the year, one book at a time every couple of weeks. But people pointed out, well, then that means the person at the end is going to get more backers and this and that. And how do we split these things? Uh, trying to figure out all those things. And I think that it made it so special and unique trying to figure out what's going to work for us and what this looks like for us. And also going, if this works, can we pass it on to somebody else? Because one of the good things about uh, us three in the room, we are community builders. You know, uh, you've signed so many superhero books that were struggling on Kickstarter into FSK universe and build them up. You took short fuse. You made sure the short fuse didn't die and built it up. Russell, you're with your anthologies, me and my anthologies, we're community builders and, and safeguarding what we're making for the future. Cause if it works, we really want everyone to be able to take this and do it and, and make it be a really cool thing. Uh, someone asks, is it not advised to kickstart at the end of the year because of taxes and things? I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not great, but if you're doing a Kickstarters every year, like you probably have to, you got to pay those taxes at some point. Right. I mean, I'm as at this point, so the most, all, all three of the companies that I'm looking at to print can print within two weeks. So like if I submit an order at the beginning at the beginning of October, I'll be done by the beginning of November, which most of the money will be. Plus, I am deeply in debt for this book. Like there's there's like <laughs> very little chance that I will break even on this book. So like I don't think it's gonna be an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there's two the 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 big thing is more a lot of creators buy stock and then don't ship to the next year. And that's the worst because you have something called carryover inventory, which is a very boring concept. I'm going to talk about it anyway, which is when you buy books in one year, you can't write the book off until you sell it. So like you end up having a bunch of books and no cap capital to pay the taxes on those books. So I think it's worse to like print the books and then not ship them by the end of the year. But like, I don't think that's going to be a problem for anyone. Most people ship 
quickly. I don't know. Like, this is not the end of the year for me. Like October is the busiest month on Kickstarter. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've got two. I got more books. Yeah. So uh, the, I don't think this is uh, the the end of the year. Uh, and that that was never our concern. We uh, our goal though for this was to get it out by the end of the year. We wanted this book out by the end of the year for everybody, so everybody could see what we've been doing and putting together. So yeah, like my book's done. I think Travis's book just needs to be lettered. Um, no, no, I've, I'm a little bit further behind, but David is fast. I mean, I uh, he'll he'll get it done before the end of the campaign. I am, I think it's only like five more pages from being done, five or six. You know where. Or I'll still, I, I will be in print in October to get everybody. Yeah. Like I just spent this morning building out the backer kit campaign and getting everything. All I have to do is record the audio, which I'm probably going to do tomorrow morning. And then the book's ready to, um, books are ready to go to the printer. Like, um, and so, I mean, I, the only question mark is how long is David going to take to print the connecting cover? Like, that's the only question that I have for like. Right. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't, I've, I've never worked with David. David is a not a known entity in working with other creators uh, as far as printing goes that I know. So I do not know how quick he's going to be. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Dave, David is printing. So David Byrne is printing all of the connecting covers. So one of the questions that I didn't even thought of, but since David does so many books, he did think of was if you get the connecting covers from six different companies and six different print qualities and six different things like the connecting covers not going to look that nice when it's all laid out so david has his own printer and he's going to be printing all of the covers for all basically all of the b covers which i think everyone's cover is the b cover the oranga cover so he's going to be printing uh, all six b covers no uh, so uh uh, me and uh, Michael here mess that up for us at C, but for everybody else is B. Yeah, we have a, I have an orange cone cover and he has an FXK cover ah. as B. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but so all of the so all of the connecting covers, whether they are B, C, or Q, are going to be printed by the same person, so it looks uniform across. Although right. I will say that I went to do Aranga's uh, thing, and it is not sized the same way as the our orange the, the 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 trade dress or the pages so i did oh, have okay. to add some um orange space around the edges to make it work that's fair that's fair i'll butt in here for a little bit I, I sold an epic 21 on my campaign i'm super so excited did I. I sold two. Oh oh shit I sold two. all right that's what's up um we are on um all the pencils are done all the inking is complete there are four more pages that need to be colored on our book and uh six more pages that need to be lettered um we're, we're kind of in the editorial stage right now of um the letters and going back over the scripts i kind of have like a me and danny kind of have a slower process of we read the script with the artwork kind of read the script like three or four times at three three or four different stages of the book process so that's where we're at right now but we'll be very we'll be done soon and be able to have the ship in October. Yeah, I think everyone will be, one of the things I did do when I was picking people are people who could get the job done. So not people fuck around, people who get the job done, who I trust will get you your book. Frank Martin's done. I've read the whole book. Uh, David's not done, but David ran a publishing company. Scout. He'll get it done. I know he will, you know, 
Um, you know, but uh, that's that's what we do and and how we're doing it. Uh, someone wants to know what you're drawing, Mike. Uh, that's what's going to be my um, next question or next thing to ask you, gentlemen. Is tell them about your two characters here because that's who I am drawing. I'm drawing Travis's demon and Russell's main character right now. Uh, so I guess mine's fully drawn. So I'll go first. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, that is my character, uh, who has no name, um, in the style of the pulps. Uh, so he is a mental, mental, he is a inmate with a incurable condition that, uh, has been in prison for a long time for doing a lot of bad things. And he, uh, is released to go to this hospice to live out the last days but uh he doesn't know that he like bad things are going to happen to him at this hospice and it's very much i've i very much wanted to make a pulp but in the style of lane lloyd's drawing which is the opposite of pulp i was basically like can i take this artist who i love and do this book which is pretty much tonally opposite of what you would expect, which is a lot. I do that a lot. Like I think black market heroin is tonally opposite as most of Pamry's work. I think Nick uh, is very bloody in the way that, um, in the way that uh, most of his work is like more cartoonish and not, uh, and not so bloody. Uh, so I tried to play off type a little bit with this one. Um, but that is, that is the main character. So he's been, he's done, he's a very, very, very bad person. But the question is really like how much of it is him and how much of it is circumstances outside of his control. Oh. <clears throat> want to tell us about your shelves? No, I don't. I want to hey, keep mine secret. That's, uh, <laughs> that's your choice. <laughs> So um, mine is a black tar apothecar, uh, is what I call him. Uh, he is a, his human form was a oil baron in Texas. Um, and he has spawned up uh, this, this beautiful demon, uh, that stuff. So my story, the story of mine, I don't think I've said it yet, this uh, interview. My story is about immigrants. Uh, we talk about immigration. I'm, um, it's so funny, like, I relate to the Spanish culture so heavily, even though I am not Spanish in any way, shape, or form. So I, I love Spanish. I write a, lo a lot about Spanish, and I love uh, – I always like hearing the stories of immigration, um, you know, the good and bad. Uh, so this is about immigrants in Texas, and they go over the border, and they have some good old boys who are trying to take them out and kill them. Um, they run and hide in this hospice, and uh, they find out that – the monster there may be more deadly than the monster that they're running from. So it's a very cool book. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of dark horror. Like I said, the purge ish. Um, I do a little bit of political commentary in there. I'm not going to lie, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and that demon is, uh, you know, basically my definition of what I think makes Texas evil, which is the oil money. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Well, hey, we appreciate your honesty. Everybody has thoughts, you know. So, um, I mean, that's that's what makes Texas not everyone in Texas, just the state in general. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with your story, well, either one of your stories, how long do 
you gentlemen think it took you to come up with the concept of both these words? How long did it take me to come up with the concept? I think it took me once I so I knew I wanted to work with Lane, and then the rest of it was how can I make something that is both horary in the way that I wanted to make something like Lovecraftian and also that Lane can draw, which is not so far out of his like more cartoonish lane. So it took me probably like a week to come up with the idea. And I was done, I'm pretty sure first. I think I was mm -hmm. done last August with the book or last, maybe it was like September with the book. But uh, uh, yeah, it did not, I mean, I, once I knew that I wanted to do like a pulp, like the old horror serials of the 40s, um, it didn't it, like there's a there's a pretty predictable style to them of like what kind of characters you would see in that in that. So that's what led me to the rest of it. And you, Travis? Uh, so my, I, I had the idea before before I pitched you guys, you know, when I, uh, I knew my idea, I knew my story when I was pitching you guys, you know, in the meetings, I knew what I wanted to say. I, I wanted to tell this story. I would have told this story even if they said no to hospice. Like it was a story that I had about immigration that I had in my head that I thought was a story I really wanted to tell. Um, I knew I didn't want to do another series at the time. Like I was not ready to do another series, but I did want to still work with my friends. You know, I was looking at Cthulhu's and I said, I like this, but I want to find a way that I can be more intimate um, with, with, with some storytellers and try to figure out something that would work and something unique in the Kickstarter uh, environment. Um, so that's when I created this. And I, I, I remember it was really funny because I created mine because I felt mine was like the, the entry level into hospice. Um, and then uh, Russell was like, no, hold my beer. Let me show you. Like, because <laughs> like, uh, one of the talks that we're doing is, uh, you know, eventually doing a trade, you know, our goal is to get these single issues out, uh, let them time for sell. But, you know, that's been our fight is, you know, who, who leads a trade, who ends a trade, what, what, what story goes in what order to, to get another book in our, on our tables and to help everybody out. Uh, I think it's, and I think it's kind of fun uh you know, doing these adventures that way. So yeah, I had my, I had my story from the get, you know, what I wanted to tell, the the kind of story I wanted to tell, the kind of adventure I wanted to tell, because I, I love those stories. Um, you know, Escape from New York. Um, I keep thinking, you guys maybe know the name of the movie. It's uh, it's about a, uh, a bunch of people who go to a fight. I think Emilio Estevez and they, they, they mess with Dennis Leary in like Detroit. Nope. I'm going to find the name of this movie. Hold on. You know, the, the movies where the survivalist movies of when you like get stuck in a situation and then the world's kind of against you. Okay. Like Warriors. What's like that? The Warriors. Right. Yeah, like the Warriors. Judgment Night is the name of that movie. Ju Judgment Night is the name of the movie that I was thinking. The Warriors, you know, all, all these movies where you're you're in a situation, you're above yourself. I, I mean, even Clockwork Orange for kind of, you know. Those type those type of stories always fascinate me. I wanted to write one for a long time, and this is this is the story that I chose in this universe uh, with some of my best friends in comics. Awesome. 
How about yours? Because uh, you had Lori write it, or your wife was going to write it. Tell us the whole story. What happened? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, my wife came up with a really good idea that I like. Uh, she likes to, to pitch stories and things like that. She came up with a really good idea. Um, she has never written a comic book or anything like that. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, that's great because this project just kind of fell on my lap with a group of other people. I want you to write it and use this story. And she just got nervous, butterflies in her stomach. And uh, and it was I was trying to give her time to get it done, but we were coming up and we needed to get something started. So uh, I, I sadly moved on to my wife. <laughs> and uh, I asked Stephanie Menard to write it. She does uh, really great interpretations of, uh, of wildly psychotic characters in kind of a horror environment already. Um, and she also writes Vigilance for us um, at FSK. And um, I love Stephanie's work. Uh, Stephanie came in, kind of gave her a pitch for an idea for what I wanted to do with it. And she knocked it out. And then the interns uh, of FSK this year, which is a combination of the Art Academy of Cincinnati and the Columbus College of Art and Design, uh, they are the ones that have been working on this book. This is their first comic book that they ever put together. Um, Rahaf, uh, she is drawing the book. She had a a style very different from what we normally project at FSK, and I wanted something uniquely different um, to be on to, to match what you guys do because you guys always pick a, like a really unique style for your book. So we wanted to go different. And as I as I saw at Small Press Expo this weekend, we have a very mainstream look <laughs> in our books. So I wanted to not have such a mainstream look with this one. And they worked they the whole thing from top to finish: pencils, inks, colors, letters, editor all that jazz all put together by the uh intern so it's awesome um, i gotta ask um how what was your experience like at small press x because when you told me you were going to small press x i was like wow they have a very um they have a very mainstream look for a small press expo book so like how did you do how was it uh that assessment would be exactly correct and um it made me really really see the books uh as uh, having that mainstream look more so than any other convention that I've been to. Uh, my assumption was this is a, a indie comic book convention and I'm an indie publisher. So that's what these people are there looking for. And it's not a knock on the show at all, but I was not what they were looking for. <laughs> not at, not, at, not initially or anything like that. Um, and that's something that I had to kind of like survey and assess on Saturday. The show is only two days. It's only Saturday and Sunday. So that's something I kind of had to survey and assess and kind of talk about it with the people that I were there with and kind of redistribute um, how our table looked. Because once we stepped back, we were like, uh, we asked a few people and they were like, your table's kind of intimidating. Um, I had all the books on there. We had all the prints up, things like that. Um, and I even started watching people more so than normal because uh, we were getting people walking past like three or four times but wouldn't even like look in our direction, wouldn't even look, not an eye look, not a head look or anything. And I was like, no, look, I know my books don't look fucking wrong. What is the problem here? <laughs> right. right. Um, and then some of those same people came back for like the fifth or sixth time. And then this time they looked over our way and it was like, oh, this stuff looks really good. What's this? I'm like, you've walked past this table seven times. <laughs> Why haven't you seen me till now? And like, we were in the front and um, I'm very, as you guys all know, I'm very, energetic and we were standing in front of our table to say hello to people greet them and have um, conversation one of my things that shows is i believe in engagement 
Um, I don't believe every engagement has to lead to a sale, but I believe in tons of engagement at the show. So I like having conversations and talking with people, and I wasn't getting any of that on Saturday. But by the middle of the day, it was building up, and then Sunday was a much better day for us. Um, I've got to, I mean, I got some new ideas, but I know I need to reassess how I go to that show. So the way that I go to a mainstream show or a Cincinnati Comic Expo is not the way that I need to come to a small press expo. Yeah, like I would imagine space is very similar. Um, that's in Columbus, right? Yes, like, it is. in Ohio. Space, uh-huh. I would imagine Jeff Jeff's show is pretty similar to like how a small press expo feels. Mm-hmm. There used to be a show called Alternative Press Expo, which had a similar feel. Like there's a whole class of show that has a very like that um, mice, um, tea calf, van calf. Like a lot of these shows are just like very. Um, uh, there's one called Comics Art in LA. They're just like, they're not. They're, they're the uh, like everything that works at other shows does not work at those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so space has been here for a very long time. Um, it has kind of fallen off as far as attendance and things like that, but it's like the longest running comic book convention in Columbus. Um, Cartoon Crossroads in Columbus has picked up where kind of space had left off and they've kind of like carried that flag for the city of Columbus the last few years, and that's the Jeff Smith show. Um, so we also uh, got in there, um, so we'll be. Um, tabling there, but I've been to that show before, so I kind of knew the vibe. Um, but not being at SPX, I knew it was kind of like this really big, small press show. Um, it was a it was a great experience to to be there and talk with people and um, get a different perspective on how I should present myself to shows. Cool. No, no. So I, it's funny because I was in Baltimore, which is uh, my wife was blown away because this is the first show that she's been to. That's a comic focused show. Mm-hmm. She has never been. We've used to go. We usually go to fan expo shows, which are like craft fairs, celebrities. And then comics are, are this thing that's that's there if you really want them, if you're confused. <laughs> uh, and not that we don't we do really well at those shows. Please don't get me wrong, but it's. It's definitely not the focus of the shows. Yeah. So is the small expo because Russell could have drawn an X-Men book and stapled it together on his printer and acceptable there? Is that why your stuff is too clean and put together compared to other stuff? Is that kind of the, the, the thing? Well, it's not that the... Yes, I think uh, my books look very much so like a traditional Marvel and DC book. So that's... That's not what the media I appeal. Now there were people that have books in Russell's art style and things like that, and they, but they were still cleanly put together. Even the books that were stapled together were still produced very well. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't it, know what the I don't it, know what the style's sh- called. Oh, go ahead, Russell. Well, it's like Silver Sprocket does uh, books, or like Iron Circus them. books, or right. oh. um, Prism books, like. You know, uh, Fantagraphics, Drawn in Quarterly, like those are the ones that really like. Actually, like this. I saw this artist. I got their stuff. Looks real. I, yeah. I love how this looks, but that's more of the style there. Um, and then they did have mainstream art that they did, but their mainstream art looked like this. Right. But again, that's a fan, fan X-Men made book. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like I bought my wife this uh, series of unicorn books there that looked really nice, but uh, 
pick this one up myself. Okay. So this is what was this was what was very that style was what was very popular as far as okay. Well, and I know people did half days at one day at Baltimore and the other day at Fairmont because they were only two hours apart. Yeah, away from each other. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. Well, I mean, why would I know that? I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't even think it's a, no. It's just like Silver Spring to Baltimore, right? So yeah, it's like an hour. It's like an yeah. hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's like um, if you can get into Small Press Expo, there's a whole so because I do so many different kinds of shows, like it's right. wild. The, the, there's a whole world of like mice and, um, and uh, comic arts and small press expo that are like, there's a whole other publishing industry that exists that does those shows. And that those fans go to like LA zine fest, like zine fest stuff. It's like, some of it is like, very prettily stapled chat books and such, but like a lot of it is just like weird, like wherever Fandagraphics sets up or like those kind of companies, it's just Catboy, like those kind of things, just they have an audience. It's just they bomb usually pretty spectacularly at mainstream shows, but there is a whole market if you are that kind of artist who does very avant-garde more on the like um like uh waffable oaf kind of books just like look up silver sprocket and like it's those books oh no i saw silver sprocket I, yeah. I went past her table one of my friends from college had a book on their table and stuff so yeah i know i was i'm understanding exactly what you're saying because i saw it yeah um but there there was some really 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 good good things there that I enjoyed um, that, you know, I picked up a few different books or whatnot, but it was a good experience. And then, you know, I think it's one we definitely do. I want to go back to the show, but again, I want to recalculate how we present ourselves there. That's, that's so neat. Um, it's so neat to hear, you know, as someone who's, I've never been to the, one of these small experts and I just assume I'd kill it. Uh, but, but hearing it, like my stuff and my displays and the way I do stuff is, is pretty clean based. So maybe I wouldn't, it's really interesting, but I do also have like Granite State Punk is very, Patrick Art is not like anybody else's own. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe I do better at that because it's, it's experimental art and even like Russell and I, Russell does it way better than I, we like to take things and twist it. Like Rope Down and Four Dead Bodies is a crime noir book but I actively chose to do it in a non style, much like Pulp Fiction, right? Pulp Fiction is a crime book, a crime uh, movie, but it is very clean and not like a crime movie uh, at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have a book called Gherkin Boy and the Dollar of Destiny. And I have another one called How Not to Invade Earth that I drew, which are like very weird books. And like, those are the yeah. kinds of books that like kill at small press expo kind of shows, right. just like, if like it is the inverse of what you expect and i've done those shows and i've been like y'all know i drew this right like this artist works for marvel now like <laughs> giving me ten dollars and give me twenty dollars for this book but like they just like it's it's just a more avant-garde scene like it which is like i've i happen to have books that's that go from like very avant-garde like gherkin boy all the way to like marvel and dc 
And it's very weird to see what does better at certain kinds of shows. And even my own mentality when I go to different shows, like is very different for what I'm looking for and what I'm going to buy. So it is not surprising to me that that was your experience. Cause I, I, I lived in Silver Spring. Like that's where I, okay. where I Karen and I lived after school. And that I, I know all of my friends who do really well at those shows tend to hate mainstream shows because they do terribly there. That's crazy. Um, yeah, because when we got there, like the show was like the the it was just it was all in just one room, all the tables together. Obviously, there was nothing else going on. There were panels that happened, um, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I was glad I went though. We had a good nice. time. Is it still lotteried in? You just like put your name in, and if your name comes up, it comes up. Yes. It, well, half of it's lotteried in, half of it's a special invite. So we got in due to the lottery, and that's what I was trying. Like I've been trying to get into the lottery for like the last four or five years. Oh yeah, like I tried for so long to get into the lottery because that's where I'm from. Like so, um, that's cool though. What is nice is because it's lotteried in, you end up being able to like you do find a lot of weird stuff and other stuff there that like you might not expect like. But in this case, Michael is the weird one and not the yeah. other, and not Catboy's not the weird one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what I was gonna that was the other thing I was gonna say. Like I didn't know anybody there. I I knew two other Columbus creators, but that's only because my friend introduced them to me because I was trying to do a scavenger hunt there um with some other creators and I met them for the first time and I lived in the same state as them. So I, I never knew who they were until we did this event. I just happened to know one other guy. Um, there, everybody else there, I'd never seen before, never seen at any other convention or anything like that. So it's definitely a, a, a lot of variety in their creativity pool that they pull. Well, it's also interesting to have, um, uh, like if you think of like horror conventions, it's a whole other world of people that don't do other conventions. Like there are people that just run the horror convention circuit as artists and they don't do anything else. They do oddity expos and horror conventions and they make so much money like catering to that audience. And you wouldn't see almost any of them um, uh, uh, at any other show. And sometimes wow. you'll see them at just like the big shows, but most of their life. Like I have a friend who runs the oddity circuit and she's like, I make like, so much more money than I make at like San Diego Comic-Con at these oddity shows, even though they're only one day shows. Cause like everyone is there to spend. Um, so if you can, it, there's like, when you do a big convention, there's actually, there's people from like five different types of conventions at that convention. Cause there's also book expo convention people that go there. And like, if you, then they all break off from like San Diego Comic-Con or like one of the big shows and they do their like, the rest of their circuit. Mm. So I got to ask this, Russell, and I apologize for anybody who's really born about bored with hearing us talk about <laughs> conventions, because uh, this is more like this is fascinating to me. Uh, but you being a book writer, I really need to know: Do people do well at comic conventions in that square book section? Like you know the big the fan acts, they always have this square one little section yeah. of basically the book. You know, there's books in Artist Alley, but these are like, this is where Peter David sits and, and others. 
Like, does do they do well? Do people come for that? I I, it, I, I know the thing you're talking about, and uh, I can't. I can't comment publicly about that specific thing. What I can okay. say is I sell way more novels than comics at conventions. Way more. Like by factors of like if I have books and comics at my table, like I will sell almost no comics and I will sell more books than I do at any other com at, at, at like a, a, a standard comic convention. Um yeah. So, yes, I will say to the person who talks about Joan and Vasquez, I have a book called Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter. And like that is like based on like not based on, but influenced heavily by Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee and uh, all, the old SLG stuff from the early 2000s, Lenore, um, Chris Grimley. And like there's definitely a market for that book. Like if you open it, you'd be like, wow, that looks just like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac meets Invader Zim meets. Uh, and I'm like. Yeah, it's, in fact, the artist for uh, Aaron Alexevich, who draws uh, the character designs for Invader Zim, did the covers for all three Cthulhu is Hard to Spell anthologies. Um, I'm not fancy like Travis. I don't do like 78 covers like he does for the Cthulhu Invades books. But uh, I just have the one from Aaron. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a market for it. But you probably would do, I do really well at, horror conventions with Ichabod. I do really well from, I do really well at like zany shows, like more shows like FX with, with Ichabod. I, I just kill core conventions. Like I, with, with, with the combo of Ichabod and Cthulhu, like I absolutely decimate horror conventions. I can't do them very often because it's so loud, but like, like those books, absolutely destroy horror conventions and like especially on like a per per on a per person average horror conventions spend the horror enthusiasts spend the most at a convention of any convention i've ever seen ever i mean that tracks because the heart the stuff that if you're buying like a nightmare on elm street something it's so rare to find so they're always up you know the prices are always up right so that that tracks you know yeah i mean i think yeah it's 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 really interesting i made when i first started my career i just said i will do any show once any show it didn't matter and i did hundreds of shows like most of them one time but i just found that like some overlap between like book conventions horror conventions zine conventions and comic conventions really worked very well for me but I know people that do. My friend um, was the of, of one of the putty patrollers on the original, uh, um, uh, the show that the putty mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So he does really well at collector conventions and such. It's just like you've got to kind of figure out the overlap because in most areas there's not enough conventions to support you in that one city or in that one even region. But if you start looking out and expanding beyond just comic conventions, you'll find, oh, well, there is a library convention and library conventions are great because they're usually one day free and the people there love books. They don't spend money on books, but like I'm, I actually make a lot of money at like library conventions and comics. Well, uh, I am loving all this, but I've got to uh, cut us off. We're out the, uh, just over the one hour mark. I have another point. Um, so, 
Uh, what I wanted to do with these is, uh, obviously, I'm going to have all the creators from Hospice Shared Universe on the talk show to them throughout the month, and I wanted to finish all these pieces. We are offering, um, if you buy all the collector covers, uh, you'll get this nice little uh, hospice ID card, a swipe card thing with a digital download code on it where you get some extra stuff. So I want to offer each one of these pieces that I finished to that digital download for everybody. If you nice. get the covers, if you get the all cover set. Are you making one piece together? Are you putting it all together in one piece? That is going to be my goal. Nice, nice, nice. nice. So when so you're back next week uh, with two other creators yeah. uh, to do that. Um. So uh, if we're wrapping up here, let's uh, before can you send out both uh, just Mike and Russell's a uh, link out because we're live. Yes, I can. Uh, and then I will take a minute to promote what's coming next. So tomorrow morning, round nine ish, it looks like Frank Martin is is going live with his, and Jamie Premack is going live with hers. So make sure that you are aware. And that you check it out and that you back it and support it and see what's going on in any of the campaigns at the bottom. You'll be able to find all of our links to the other campaigns. So make sure you do that. Back the ones you like, but really get the whole thing if you can. We have tried to make it very, very affordable. Like my books are cheaper here than they are on a normal Orange Comb project. Um, uh, we're trying to make it cheap. Uh, the Connect Cover is only 20 bucks. So try to make sure that that's great. But, uh, Please uh, back us, show us support. Russell's so close to three grand. Let's get him there. So close to 200 backers. And Travis is so close to like being funded. And it's a huge weight when you just, even if you know you're going to be funded, you still want to be funded. So yeah, just want right. it. Um, also just the universe is really cool. And you can pick any of the books to start with. But it is really like a really cool experience to see how all of these creators brought their own energy to the books and their own style to the books. And I think it's a really, uh, really cool experience to, to, to be part of, but also just to, I've never seen a shared universe in comics on Kickstarter. And it's just like cool to support that because like we're all good. People are already asking me about how, what my experience was. And I would love to say it was fab. Like we had, we had like rolling backers the whole time. Like people kept coming in, like it was so great and you should do it too, as opposed to like the opposite, which is like, well, I mean, it was a big struggle the whole time. Everyone, like everyone kind of barely funded and like, I'm just happy to get out of there with my life, which is how I feel currently. Like, so if you want to see more of this stuff, like, we are going to talk to everyone. That's awesome. not to say we're holding you hostage, but like kind of, we want this thing to succeed and people are going to look to us to what's going to happen. And it is a very cool concept. It's very cool. And, and we want to hand it over. We want to, we want this to work. We want that, you know, we want to be able to know next year, uh, you know, just sitting on our couch going, Oh, they're announcing the new hospice list. That would be really cool for us. But we really need this to be successful for us to go, let's put somebody else on that. Because Russell, Russell, myself are established names. We do very well on our Kickstarters. So, like, we just, <coughs> sorry. Um, show some support. It's all your love. We know you love the book. 
uh, you know, because people are telling us they love the book, but uh, they're not showing us in our money. So, so, so give us, well, give us a move. Yeah, for sure. And you can get Ichabod, the one I talked about on the campaign as well. Ichabod Jones, Monster Hunter, in an ebook or paperback or any of our other comics. So um, I think on any of the campaigns, most people are going to be doing a lot of their backlist stuff because we're expecting to have a lot of new people to uh, to share this with. Yeah, right. And, and Ichabod's finished, which is pretty cool. It is. 16 issues, four volumes, completely, completely, completely complete. Completely complete. That's a good way to say it. All right, so I was able to get the inks uh, done on this as everybody was wrapping up with their stuff. So I'm going to, and this no, is going to be the cool looks... thing. <laughs> this is going to be the cool thing about this is that now I'm going to have to try to figure out how to fit these in all together, the other two pieces on this one. Um, so this will be very No, fun. you're fine. You got you got the most important ones there. You're fine. Just, uh... <laughs> Just like behind a hand, like around the, in the tar, like whatever. It's good. Awesome. It's fine. It's fine. Just, just. Whatever. <laughs> you you got to love these two guys. But look, I want to thank them for coming on to the show. Thank the chat for uh, watching and sharing and all that good jazz. We can keep continuing that out. It'd be much so appreciated. But I'll see you on um, Wednesday for the regular normal time of Chat and Girl, where we will have the creator and writer of Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, on the show. Um, yes, David's the best. <laughs> and uh, drawing his character and having a good time. So thank you, Facebook user, and thank you for the chat. We'll catch you at the next one. Stay epic, everybody. I'm just buying time to find my outro. Bye. No, I think that I should ask Mr. Watson. I think that I should ask Mr. Watson. I think that I should ask Mr. Watson. I think that I should ask Mr. Watson.